3: Oi, the boys and girls on footy prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language and sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature so keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And f- thank you for listening. Oh,
1: let's go, booty, booty! It's
2: time to get this party started. Booty, booty! It's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show, so crack your fucking and and now
1: it's time to go it's booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty! It's time to get this party started. With Johnny, Jimmy, Gregor Amy, Jimmy,
3: JC, Oh, we know and all we talk about. It's time to get this party started
1: tonight. And then disappeared. And then forever we're thinking, what did Wonga see that made him react that way? It's like that Radiohead video, Just. Is it Just? When all the people are lying down in the street?
2: Oh, yeah.
1: And you just don't know why. Why are they all just lying down in the street? It's an amazing video. Is it Just? I think it's Just. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's kind of what we just saw Wonga do and then just disappeared but here he's he's back okay thank god you okay wonger yeah 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 the um the drywaller rang the doorbell at the exact same time oh. so is that a metaphor it was... for something pardon me is that a metaphor for something <laughs> sounds oh, like the beginning of an told.
0: adult film <laughs> they, they <were. laughs> yeah. drywaller's here not map. gonna stay dry for long
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> come on <laughs>
0: oh,
1: <bro>. yeah <laughs> Moist.
0: <laughs> um what did i miss sorry i apologize
1: uh, nothing I nothing okay. we we just literally started now and uh i guess we should start lots to get to as is usually the case but uh very very busy day today busy day yesterday uh but a uh, big day today with a ton more podcasts dropping our mls contingent of podcasts uh, are dropping as we speak i guess right fellas we have our mls box to box With Paul Dolan. We have our uh, three questions with Montreal, with TFC, and with Vancouver. So four podcasts dropping today. Broadcast dropped yesterday. And we can announce it now officially, right? Yeah. Live live now is our new uh, website. We are footyprime.com. We are footyprime.com. Be patient. We're going to populate it. In, in the coming days weeks months and years with more more content but uh, we're just gonna get it up there take a look the, the, why are you why are you laughing dubs get it up she's there she's juvenile. she's
0: she, she's consistent if not funny
2: <laughs> because you're talking about moist drywall and I'm getting into trouble for saying get it up
1: <laughs> but yeah we're actually quite excited about it I think aren't we we'll be um, Sticking a ton of content on that. Hopefully every day, um, everyone will contribute. Right now, there are three blog posts up there by uh, Wonga, Dubs, and myself. And we'll be adding a lot more. There's um, a little archive for recent podcasts. We'll be adding to that again as we find time to do such things. More video content on there. There's a supporters page where we're going to put a lot of the the wonderful artwork in particular um, that our supporters club uh, render for us, uh, as well as information how you can join the supporters club. What else you got there? Oh, swag. We're going to be selling swag very soon. Uh, what else is on there, Winger? Uh The big one for us,
0: too, and it's about reach and helping us uh, grow, is sign up for our soon-to-have newsletter. We'd love to get all your – we want to create kind of a service that updates you Every week on not only what we're doing, but what the biggest stories are in football in North America and in Europe and across the international boundaries that not only affect and kind of move the conversation, but once again, creating more community and touch points for not only footy prime, but football fans in general. How was that? Very well said. It was yes. really good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Was, was was
2: You're like the UN of football.
0: Jeez, oh, I I know I was trying to be <laughs> fully very diplomatic. diplomatic. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say. My brother speaks at the UN every once in a while for Canada. Does, he wear,
4: does he wear two dollar specs?
0: <laughs> <laughs> actually, my family are thrifty, is what I so I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs>
1: does he make horribly inappropriate comments mid-speech? No. No,
0: he doesn't. He's actually very professional, you know, and I I, I think he's well liked. It seems like he has a a group of people who enjoy his company. And Mm -hmm. I said, he's going there. He was just there in March or sorry, in in February. And he's going again in July and they put him up at nice hotels. So I'm going, hey, I think I'm going to go visit you in New York. And he's there for two weeks at a time. So
2: is he going to propose a U.N. floss off?
0: Oh, I hope so. (laughs) <laughs> that and I have to do the American side of the skin tag collection day. <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs>
0: How was the floss off, by the way? How was it received by your your the, the, the to be honest, they've been at their mothers this week a lot. They mm-hmm. got sick of me. No one was <laughs> one had the flu, so all of a sudden it's hey, you know these these little sicknesses. And I have to say, remember those parents who would always send kids to school just to get everybody else sick too. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. mother was if you're sick stay home get better and i i think i appreciate that now all of because we always were like that in my family where the the people who are like oh i'm powering through this cold or powering through this flu i think like sharms did right at when he got craig sick (laughs) he was like i don't think i can make it he's taking the metro sorry the subway or the train all the way to my house from pickering with full, he goes, I'm
1: sweating. I go, I wonder why you're sweating. I just sweating profusely. <laughs> you got the flu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think communal disease is important mm. to strengthen our immune systems. So well I think it's our obligation yeah. to go to school, to go to work sick. I'm with you, Sharms. I think if you get it, you bring everybody down with you. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: <laughs> that was just your attitude, Jimmy. That sickness yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, we're all and also you're a sickness. All together.
2: Okay, everything.
1: We're well, we're, we're, we're all meeting up tomorrow. In person for the Footy Prime Summit, my daughter's been sick as a dog for like the last four days. Just so you know, so I could be carrying some uh, some virus (laughs) to you guys as well. Excellent. I feel fine right now.
3: Hey, I'm I'm surprised nobody's commented on JC's hair. It's beautiful.
2: You know what? I thought the same
3: thing. It's not often you see his hair.
2: Yeah, very very handsome, baby J.
1: It's lovely hairline. Actually,
2: in Ricky Gervais' crotch, (laughs) he looks stunning.
1: Yeah, we got a picture yeah. of Ricky Gervais or David Brent behind JC. Yes. Um, another you bow your head wonder. And like Gervais's pubes. Did you hear that? Well, that you know, that like
2: Keith,
1: <laughs> Keith from The Office. You know, yeah, Keith, from Office? You and, you and Keith from The Office. He died. Ewan something or other. I love Keith from The Office. Was he scenarios. the skinny dude? No, no, he was a big fat guy. He not would the big eat fat uh, guy. scotch <laughs> eggs and said the word minge really well. Actually, what not that odd? We haven't said the word yes. minge, I don't think, ever in this podcast, the last mm-hmm. two podcasts. We're seeing it a lot. <laughs> yeah. He goes, uh, "Where's the great the line? He goes, in America, they call it a fanny pack. Fanny here, we call that a minge. Mm. <laughs> it's a great line in the office. Yeah, but yeah, rest in peace, Keith, because you are bloody hilarious. Love this character. Um yeah, so um yeah, quite the week for us. And uh, we said we've got the Footy Prime Summit tomorrow, which we have great plans for. We really hope to uh, there's gonna be to an agenda some send progress, out. an agenda. There'll be an yeah. agenda. You know, and we're serious we- when there's an Yay! agenda. <laughs> but I think we <laughs> should so though, excited. definitely um just every now and again we'll shoot some content tomorrow and we'll upload it. Could be stupid stuff, could be serious stuff, could be funny stuff, who knows? But we'll just upload it to our socials, maybe on the website as well. All right, and uh, but we'll, we won't make you watch the whole summit put it that way, like we suggested last God. week. That yeah. would be really boring. Live streaming a scratch
0: in our nuts and yeah. other other bodily. Well, most of us, Minus not me. me. <laughs>
2: well,
0: <laughs> all nine of them, all nine of those nuts for the twa- six of us. Um, the other thing is we have to we have to explain too. One of the strategies around what we're doing is we want to cover not only the banal idiotic that we do on some of these shows but honestly i already listened to a couple of the um the mls and the cf montreal and they're real footy conversations so everyone strap up for footy prime doing football slash soccer
1: analysis too it's they're very very <laughs> very very strong in that who space. Knew? yeah who knew no they'll be in our style obviously right but i mean we do understand that we we like to clown around on the foundational shows and that's important that's that's what we kind of built but we can be serious at times as well and uh these new shows will be very much analy- analyst analyst analytic but uh, analytical based analytical based <laughs> and yeah, that's the one right yeah uh, but yeah so <laughs> we've got some great guests based. analysis based sure yes yeah well, there's anal involved somewhere <laughs>
2: Sit there will be none of that on we have Montreal show. <laughs> we have some <laughs>
1: great guests, so great collaborations. Um, John Malinaro of tfcrepublic.ca. Would <laughs> you us to TFC? Uh, I'm very happy about that. It's a great site, by the way. And this week, actually, JMO is, um, um, is free for anyone to take a look at tfcrepublic.ca. Um, so take advantage of that. But it is a foundational episode today. Um, I thought we should talk about the big news kind of breaking this morning is that Thomas Tuchel will be leaving Bayern Munich at season's end, if not before. Obviously, it's been a a poor season by Bayern standards, Craig. But at the same time, this, this lame duck kind of situation in a poor team, what is the point in announcing this now for a team that's struggling? I see why Klopp did it. It was going to get out there, but the team's playing really well. It doesn't feel like a lame duck situation at Liverpool or even at Barcelona. Mm. But but a Bayern Munich, with all the drama there right now, to, to announce this, what is the, the reason for announcing it? They've done this
4: before. It's not something new with Bayern Munich. They've announced new coaches. Well, when Pep moved there, they are well aware prior to the end of that season before that Pep was on his way there, and they won the treble, for God's sake.
1: So they've done this before. It's nothing new with Bayern Munich. Yeah, but have they got someone lined up to replace him. In that case, you knew Pepper's coming in, Heinkes was leaving. But this time around, I'm not sure anyone's lined up. Does this change Jurgen Klopp's mind? For example, that's the big scuttlebutt right now. I think his agent's denying that he would change his mind. He wants to take some time off before getting back into football. But there is obviously a natural fit there for Klopp to go to Bayern Munich. There is. You know, I kind of wonder,
4: and i being a little bit cynical about it, when Klopp announced that, that has he got to a point with Liverpool that he thinks, I'm, I'm performing miracles here with what I've got. They're not going to go out and spend millions. I could lose Salah. I could lose a few other players. Are we going to be able to bring and replace those to be able to compete with the high-powered, high-paying Chelsea's and Man City's, Man United's of the world? I'm not sure. I think he, he might, that might be a factor for him and why
1: he wanted to leave Liverpool. Not so much and, the allure of, of Bayern Munich there. In that case, so you don't think he can get his mind changed to go to Bayern Munich? Yeah, yeah. I think it would be an absolute perfect
4: fit for him. I'm not sure whether he's ready to do that right away, but it would not surprise me in the least if he took that job. And by the way, Harry Kane turned them into Tottenham in about six months.
2: I feel so badly for Harry Kane.
4: <laughs> They've won 11 titles in a row and then they might not win the
2: I'll just say, like, kind of devil's advocate or a different perspective on on Klopp Forest is I would see it, um, you know, this season, like Liverpool 2.0, you know, losing Firmino, Firbigno, um Henderson, and then still cobbling together a side that's at the top of the table. I say cobbling yeah. together. He's still got um, a tremendous amount of talent to do that. But the rash of injuries that they've had and then still sort of outperforming expectations, as it were. So to me, as Klopp or any other high profile manager, that would serve to reinvigorate me if I'm putting myself in his shoes. So I think it's a real testament to i I think i believe him in that he's kind of at the end of his rope that he's really truly in his words just run out of energy so i don't know if it's him seeing the writing on the wall as you say because you're competing against really big spenders and he sees it kind of inevitable that they're maybe not going to win as many trophies as he would like and he just kind of bows out i see it as him saying a self-assessment like i don't think i have the motivation to truly do this anymore
4: how long will that motivation, well, how long will it take before that comes back?
2: Yeah.
4: A call from Bayern Munich, maybe.
2: There you go. Yeah. <laughs> We're right back mm. to where
3: we started. I, I I'm, I see, re- I'm I can... all refreshed all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, I could see him doing similar to what Pep did. Do you remember when Pep took some time off, went to New York, lived there for a little bit, and just tried to get away from it all, and then went back into, into Bayern? But I, I think that Bayern job to be honest, would be ready for him whenever he wanted to. If he yeah. wanted to take a year off, two years off, six months, he'll get that job if he wants it. And you know what Bayern's like. If Bayern wants a manager and they've got a target, they'll go after him and they'll wait for him and they will get him. But I know they've got Alonso who they're looking at right now. So is Liverpool. So it'll be interesting to see what's, what's going to happen with that, this Bayern, Bayern Munich club at the moment. And not to win a trophy. This could be the first time in 12 years that they haven't won a trophy as well.
1: They kind of
2: stumbled their way into one last year, right? They shouldn't have won it, and they did.
1: Dortmund blew it in the last game of the season. Yeah. But what arrogance from a team like Bayern Munich, right? And that's just who they are. They they won 11 straight, and this has been a bit of an off year. They're still going to finish in the Champions League spots. They could still win it, right? It's an off year.
3: Well, you're you're eight points behind. There's 36 points to play for. And already yeah, they're it ain't pulling done. the trigger and uh, who knows? I don't know. It's, yeah. a it's a funny club, Byron. And then you got Man United as well that are opening up the, the door again
1: on uh, on Harry Kane. Apparently they going to go back up. not see that, yeah. really. Well, if Byrons set for a, a rebuild, <sighs> would Kane do one year and leave? I, I don't know about that. No. Why didn't United go for him last year for crying out loud? Maybe they did. Maybe he didn't want to go there. Smart Mm -hmm. man, given what happened there. But yeah, I mean, with Bayern Munich now, Liverpool, Barcelona, all looking for managers next year. Who knows what happens at Manchester United? I mean, that's going to make an interesting summer in the managerial carousel. And Xabi Alonso kind of just sits there as the the first domino to fall. Because if Klopp is taking that year off, which I agree, I think he probably is, um, Xabi Alonso is the man. And everyone wants him at this point, it seems. If he leaves... Leverkusen, if, I mean, he's got a nice situation there, right? But I'm sure he will. Um, where's it going to be? He's played for both Bayern and Liverpool. He obviously knows German football extremely well, having <laughs> you know, currently coaching there and bossing it. Is that a natural fit to go to Bayern or is that tough? From a personal standpoint, is it hard to say to the fans of Bayern Leverkusen, I'm leaving, I'm going to Bayern Munich. It's probably a lot easier for him to say, you know what, I'm going to Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, it would be. It would be.
2: Do you think the, the current situation where Bayern seems quite fickle, they're sort of unsure of, of, of their identity or DNA as, as a club? They just they want to be a winning club. But, you know, you mentioned Carousel, but, I mean, Nagelsmann leaves. He's a winning coach. They bring in Tuchel, um, and then now Tuchel's going to be gone. So as a manager on the outside looking in, do you want to be a part of that? I mean, I know you're disposable to begin with. It's the nature of the job, but it seems like you're under an even greater microscope if you're at Bayern.
1: It's called FC Hollywood for a reason, right? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be taken. I'd go.
3: I'd rather go to Liverpool. Simply because of the fact of what, what you're just saying there. There's managers that have won a trouble and end up getting fired. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what you're going to do. You're still on the chopping block.
1: So, Ginny, are you withdrawing your name from the candidacy? Yeah, there's not much longevity there, is there in that club no of your point. manager?
0: Well sources yeah. say Jimmy Brennan is uh far and away one of the top choices. So and the reason I say that is because I know we started a huge rumor about Thierry Henry and uh Canada circles, <laughs> soccer circles. So and it's, it's, it's getting going a lot. Viral,
1: of
3: that,
0: eh? it's going nuts. Yeah. yeah, so I'm thinking if Jimmy needs some promotion, we just
1: start Jimmy Brennan. He's getting spoken well, about you know what? It's funny. Um, if you haven't seen what we said about the honoree um, its on the website. We are 30 Prime right now on the front page. Um, it was when uh, Bertie Bassett, Albert Vitanian joined us last Wednesday. So Jimmy wasn't here for that podcast. So we didn't get Jimmy's thoughts. So, Jimmy, um, the, the rumblings are just that Henri wouldn't be adverse to being considered for the Canada job, right? He might yeah. have some interest there. That's what it is. We have no idea whether there's been a formal approach. we, we I haven't heard that. Um, but he wouldn't be necessarily turned off by the, the possibility. Would Thierry Henri be a fit for Canada?
3: I think with his uh I think his name um would draw an awful lot of attention. I think a lot of people would be very, very interested in that, seeing Terry Henry as a manager of of Canada. He does have international experience, but as assistant coach with Belgium. Um but as his club football, I don't think, was the best either, though, right? When he was at Monaco, he was only there for about a year. Then he went to Montreal. He did okay. Not that great. Had some issues. Ended up picking up and leaving. So I don't I don't know football-wise if he's the right guy for the, the international job here um, because I think this is such an important and vital time for Canada soccer that when – we do bring a manager in. It's got to be the best manager available that's going to bring us success simply because we've got the World Cup and we want to put a good show on and we we want to make sure that the pieces are are in place for success um, and it's not a time right now to to get a manager that's not proven at international level for me.
4: How about Jürgen Klopp? Let's start a rumor, Jürgen Klopp. He's going to have a couple months off. And then he's going to take the Canada job in 26. And then he's going to go to Bayern Munich after that.
1: And he could live in Kitchener, right? There's lots of Germans out there. Yeah, and and get really good beer again. Canada's a great beer country. Great beer country, right? There's a lot of reasons why he'd say yes, isn't
2: there? No one one would know who
1: he is. The
2: top reason so far is there's a great (laughs) German contingent in Kitchener and good beer. He's coming
1: You he's I think major. you may have forgotten alfonso davis plays in germany yeah and complete
0: and utter anonymity in canada <laughs> right who is that guy oh he's the guy who drinks
1: beer at the loblaws yeah <laughs> <laughs> and got great teeth
3: yeah
1: now you know I've been better one i mean, Henry, I mean it'll be that'll be the hollywood signing right and is it the right signing i have no idea what how it'll work out but obviously we get a lot of eyeballs on canada um I'm also. No. I also heard that, that Bobby Semenitis is very much a serious candidate for this job still, and a uh, number of players within Canada have actually campaigned on his behalf to Canada Soccer, saying he's the right guy. He has experience. Don't forget through Sigma with some important players, Taison Buchanan, Carl Laren. They know him really well. Um, very respected guy. So, do you want the guy that's going to? That would be a long term hire, right? A Bobby Semenitis, whereas Henri would be a short term hire. You would think. With the World Cup just around the corner, this glitz and glam, this biggest event in the world, do you want the Hollywood signing or do you want the the long-term planner? Let's be honest. For Canadian football, the long-term planner makes more sense, but I also see how you can be lured into the other side dubs.
2: Yeah, you want stability. You, you want somebody with cre- credibility, somebody who has experience, somebody who's proven, but I don't think you just want the flash and the glitz mm-hmm. And then that will die out awfully quick, sure, it might bring um you know eyeballs and attention to Canada soccer, but it it also brings attention to Canada soccer for for all of its kind of warts and and foibles, right so I think you bring somebody in who is going to be maybe the first of of a number of hirings to really create stability throughout the organization, not just with the men's team,
3: yeah, no I agree with that i think I think Bobby. He, i like I like his path I like what he's what he's done where he's he's worked with the youth he understands how important it is to get the um, to to get the youth and development right and give the resources to make these young players successful to get to that next level and become professionals play for your international international team but that's why I think it's important when you get A guy like Bobby in, it's not solely just going to be on the the men's team. I think he'll overlook everything with the development Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. the youth and making sure that the U15s, boys and girls are right. The the 17s are right. The 20s are right. The the methodology behind it is all correct. Um, Whereas I think if you had an Henri, he's going to focus on the men's team. That's it. And then it could be one of those where he's using this as a stepping stone. And he comes in here, and he, maybe he's only here for a year, two years, and it's like, okay, I'm going on to my next project, where I think if you got an individual like
1: Bobby, I think he's here for the long haul in that position. Yeah, you re, you redefine the way it, the game is developed here in Canada. There's it, not even a TD right now, is there, on the national level? No. no. Since Jason DeVos left? No. Another big, big hole sitting there waiting to be filled by someone, right? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot, of, oh, a lot of big holes. It's a one dubs. big black hole. Yeah, one big black hole. Everything's been sucked yeah. into it.
2: One big black hole right for analytics.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well yes, whoever you it beat is. me to it, dubs. You beat <laughs> me to it. <laughs>
2: That's a terrible thing. I'm off to a four start today. Beat Walker to cool. the punch.
3: It's like throwing a sausage down Young Street. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry, Craig. You were saying. <laughs> Sorry, Forrest.
4: Sorry, I was just thinking of the sausage going down Young Street. <laughs> a little dirty, Young Street. It's a little bit a little, filthy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, dirty around the edges. Big mm-hmm. street. They,
1: they just can't be choosers. Yeah. Um, but it's, listen, if, if Moro Bielo and Canada like take care of Trinidad Tobago, right, which is more than possible. Um, and then he takes him into Copa America. Morrow is still very much a legitimate candidate as well, right? So, no one's yep. dismissing that either. But uh, it's going to be an interesting few months. But Thomas is available apparently as well. So, hey, another name to throw in the hat there. Maybe he yeah. wants we'll to get into international management. The Tukes. the tukes. <laughs> Um By the way, uh, our whole Jota header chat was really enjoyable. Last podcast, it was it was brilliant, thoroughly enjoyable. Um, People, some people have agreed with us. It was amazing. Others side with Jimmy and say it was shit. Um, But it got me thinking like, what is the most underrated skill in football? What is something that that we just take for granted that is actually a supreme piece of skill and shouldn't be taken for granted? Is is there something, do you think? Yes. And I think the, the
3: skill to be running in full flight and someone ping a ball 50 yards and put it on your chest or you control it with your thigh and still in full stride with a man on you or a woman on you and being able to control that, that ball. And it's funny because I was listening. Somebody mentioned it as well where, you know, a Tom Brady will grab the ball and he'll throw it and a guy will catch it and be like, oh, wow, what a catch. Did you see that catch? and how we threw it. But we, we do it with our feet and in stride <laughs> controlling it without our hands. That technique for me is a brilliant technique in games where I'm just like, wow, what a touch, what control that is. But we kind of brush it aside because it happens so often, but it's a skill that takes plenty of time to really master. And not everyone can
1: do it, even at the top level, right? No, I
4: right. can't. I yeah. think just when you look at the top, top players in the world, and their touch and their ability to ping the ball, they don't. People don't realize the pace the ball is traveling um, at each other when they're passing it, and their touch is just exquisite. Like yeah. you can't get the ball off them. I think that they make it look so easy, and it's not.
3: Yeah,
2: you know feet. Your example makes me think of Jimmy. Remember in qualification with the men, Canada's men, when yeah. Liam Fraser pings that ball.
1: Yeah, it's a good towards one.
2: Towards the halfway line to John David. Yeah. It, he takes it off his chest, heads it down, and then chips it over the goalkeeper. Oh, that in, header was amazing.
3: In full flight as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Sprinting.
2: Be- beautiful cushion header.
3: Mm-hmm. That was a difficult one.
1: Yeah, no, it, it is because, I mean, we watch top flight football every, every week, you know, and we just take such things for granted, not until – you know, the average person gets out on the football pitch. You realize how difficult it is. When you guys are playing like charity matches or against, you know, average Joes, what, what surprises you the most about how, how how shit the average person actually is? Is there something? Is it the way they run? The way they move? Is it the touch? Is it the accuracy of passes? Is it all of the above? Yeah, it's just about
4: all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, We didn't realize how good we are when we go out with a bunch of hammer throwers.
1: Yeah, yeah. right? You must realize that, I would hope. I think I, I had a charity with you, Sharms, didn't I? Yeah, well, we played in a game, and also uh, TFC had the tryouts in year one. Yeah. And I, I tried out, and I was mic'd up and got the cameras out there, and you were very – you belittled me, actually. You were very harsh on my performance. I remember you and Mo just freaking hammered me.
2: <laughs> I would like more detail. Go.
1: I've got I've got to find that. So I might be on one of my yeah. DVDs somewhere. I remember I that. Do you remember? Yeah. I didn't make the first cut.
3: You <laughs> remember Robin Charles wasn't it? There was like a 64 year old man that came out. Oh
1: yeah. It was an open trial. Yeah, full gear. Yeah. And I think they, they did, did they- in the end, they did sign someone because they had to, right? Just a PR stunt, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's you never know what you can find. And they did sign some kid. Um, I think he was from York or somewhere, university. And they signed it because they had to. And he came yeah. out. Didn't he try out with you guys, Jimmy? He trained a few sessions and oh, it didn't yeah. go anywhere, right? No, didn't go anywhere.
2: So How many could, like,
4: people it, tried out? There was like 300 or something, but oh, yeah, Man. just goes to show you, there's a lot of people out of that 300 actually thought they'd
1: be good enough. Yeah. Oh yeah. You see these puntsis, <laughs> right? You play, I mean, you play indoor indoor football or just uh, you know rec league football. You see these ponces who think they really are good. And when I play in those environments, I know that I'm shit. And But I see these guys having had the chance to play against professionals in charity games. You realize what a different sport it is. And I wish these guys, these ponces, could actually experience that because it's yeah. just a different sport entirely. You they're, might think you're good. And you're, you're really great in third division at Centennial Park in Etobica. You're really good. But you wouldn't stand a fucking second against a real professional.
3: They're, they're miles away. And I think part of it, too, is you know, just for, for me being home and kind of being away from it you you're so out of touch with with professional football here you're you're miles away and i think that's why so many people think oh yeah my kid's gonna make it or oh i can i could have made it or i could have played no you haven't no you haven't when you're over in europe and you're in england there's 92 clubs you see these academy players training all the time you see the, you know your your local professional football clubs training you see the standard and so you you get it and you understand it right away. Whereas here, people are so far away from the game. I mean, we support it. We watch it on TV. But that's all you're getting is watching it on TV. That's it.
4: And being good at Centennial Park in Ontario, don't think people in Milan or in London or in Paris give two shits how good you are in Toronto. No,
1: not at all. And, if you and could, on, that, on that note, <laughs> it's time for a commercial break. <laughs> we'll be back after these
4: messages.
2: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
3: what up primers it's jc that guy don't miss a second of premier league action only on fubo tv subscribe at fubotv.com footy prime with A, league one and one soccer two you can get it all at fubotv.com footy prime now back to the show
1: <laughs> this is kids listening to this right now. I actually, I hope there aren't kids listening to this because I like, there are, I'm so I'm so sorry to their parents. But there's probably kids like just their dreams are slowly But being You're not
0: crushed. ever a no, professional
1: dream. No, but it's not. It's not. It's not wrecking their dreams. It's just being realistic. Yeah, so, no, it's wrecking their dreams.
3: It's, it is very difficult. It's not an easy profession, and there's only a certain amount of people that have actually gone through it and understand what it takes to be a professional and how to get to that next level. And you're going to go over to England and you're going to take an Englishman's job or an English woman now in the professional league, you've got to be better than what they have. You have to be better, which means you've got to work twice as hard as what they're doing because they're over there right now, wherever they are in Europe, working their asses off and you've got to be better as a Canadian going over there, trying to take their job.
2: I think there's an awareness of what that level is because of the internet and how, you know, y- there aren't really borders anymore. Like you can, you can see sort of into um, communities, cultures, academies, what that level might be. But because it's through a screen, I think there is that disconnect. And there's a that disconnect whether you're playing in a garage league and you think falsely that you can, you know, have the same technique or the same. You can strike the ball the same way. You can beat a player one v one the same way because you've seen a player do it. But you can't do it at the same pace you no. can't do it with the same level of execution but there're people who just either don't want to understand they don't want to accept the reality or they really truly believe that right. um and unfortunately some some parents i think don't tell their kids what the realities are you don't want to crush their dreams you want to, like my kid's 14 and he still thinks he's going to make the nhl like he's he's not Right, like he's just—it's just such a. Why don't small you bring percentage. Jack on the show right now? So we can talk? <laughs> I mean, listen, he, I a little chat. <laughs> but like when I was when I was that age, I wasn't aware that there was that path. There wasn't the opportunities, but um, I think I had it within me that I was going to work as hard as I could to achieve what was best for me, or like what I could surpass in terms of my own level. So I think that is what this current generation is is lacking in terms of the parents living vicariously through their kids, thinking that you're elite. Remember that the video that you shared, Wonger? This guy talking about there's no such thing as an elite 8-year-old. There's no such thing as an elite 10- or 12-year-old. And it's true. Let your kids play. Give them the benefit of different sports, being exposed to different things, of moving their bodies in different ways, being challenged in different ways, and fucking suffering defeat and dealing with it, not being coddled. Mm-hmm. And then that's see important. where that see where that takes them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then and linking back to what you're saying, I think in Canada and North America we're getting closer. The level of MLS isn't what it was when you came over, Jimmy.
3: No, it's a lot better.
2: It's a lot better. A lot better. So your people are up close to that level. Mm-hmm. There's more, yeah. you know, soccer specific stadiums in the US. The infrastructure that's set up there in terms of like for for smaller communities and smaller markets in the USL, both men and women is really, really cool. I think that's what we're lacking in in Canada a little bit. And we have our own challenges. We've talked about that. But I think more and more people are up close and they understand. But I still think that there's that disconnect between what they can achieve and what the reality actually is.
0: Well, there's also that level of chip on your shoulder. And Dubs, you have it. Jimmy had it. Uh, I don't know if Craig had it, but you might have it now. Um, But there's that level where when Jimmy told the story about not making the 17 and under Ontario team, Jimmy, and Dubs, the NCAA scout saying you'll never play that next level. And even in my space playing CIS football, I knew there were, I didn't ever have that level of I'm going to be the guy first and the guy at at the end of the day that you two had. I you know that I'm going to be at the at the stadium working out. I'm going to be it didn't drive me. I wanted to be, you know, on the float at the uh, <laughs> St. Patrick's Day parade chugging a beer for 12 people cheering me on, right? That's what I wanted to do. And I was well, a great well, ambassador.
1: You, yeah. you played high level football in this in this country like Canadian football, right? CAS yeah. like you said there and you had teammates who went on to CFL CFL how, and, and buddies played NFL really? Like, okay. How, how big a jump was it from college football in Canada to CFL, say, NFL? Uh, it was
0: huge because there's only like, uh, I just went to Montreal last in the fall because my buddy was being, he played five years with the BC lions. And, uh, but lions. he was also, he was the best athlete out of the DBs ran a four, four, uh, had a, you know, 40 inch vertical, just an amazing athlete, Robin Belanger out of uh, trois And these guys were ridiculous athletes. And I got there, I had a little pot belly, I'm <laughs> like 145 pounds with a pot belly. And I'm like, how am I gonna compete? So the chip on the shoulder got me to compete,
3: but when are you laughing at? <laughs> The little, the little pot belly.
1: belly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
4: little fat man. Yeah, with a pug
1: nose. (laughs) What a stupid fat man.
4: But there's
0: this chip on the shoulder that when you're also an elite athlete. So I was a great athlete. I wasn't elite. I was, you know, top five out of Ottawa recruiting. Like you're, you're, you put on a pedestal. But I was not compared to the number one guy. Even at that level, I knew. So what I was going to say when, you, you know, what stands out charms of people when you're playing rec is how unathletic some people are You <laughs> think they're good. Yeah. Like they're not athletes. You're fast. Like you're faster backwards. You know, like I, I could back backwards because that was my as a defensive back. You have to learn how to run backwards and be quick and all that. And there are people who can't keep up with you running backwards. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, this is going to be weird. Because there's that when they go, when they all of a sudden have that realization that they're not on a team and steroids. And it was a thing back in the 80s and 90s. There were guys who tried out, didn't make it, came back. And all of a sudden they're they're two 240 with lats like this trying out. And they still didn't. They still weren't good. You Did they have hot bellies? No, no one had a little pot belly like me. It was like, the, I let people rub the Buddha and they come up and rub it. And I was like, yeah. I think, I think I told you, one of the all-stars that I played with said, Wanger, how do you play with that body? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Just kind of. Well, he plays with it a lot. <laughs>
1: it's quite easy when you're hairless. <laughs> so basically what we're saying is if there's any youngsters listening to this with aspirations to play professional sport, don't, just give up. It's pointless. <laughs> no, no, not at I will, all. I will add Just one more saying, thing
2: to not that. At all. <laughs> no, about, about parents and, like, young kids, if they want yeah. it, they truly aspire to pro level or the highest level that they can reach. It has to be self-driven. It has yeah. to come from them because there are so many kids that – so our kids are 14 and the twins are nine, surrounded by parents who think, like, when hockey ends, our kids play kind of this BS spring hockey league. Cause it's fun, but there's no regulation, there's no governance, it's 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 fucked, right? It's a it's a money grab and it, there's all kinds of shit that's going on. But then after that, so say it's like the end of May, then it's the summertime. My kids play soccer, they play lacrosse, they do other shit. And the hockey parents are like, what camps are your kids doing? What are they doing? How many individual on ice skill sessions are they doing? And I'm like, they're not doing anything. And they're like, oh my God, they're gonna be so far behind in end of August or September when they step on the ice. Yeah, they might be in for the first two weeks and then they're going to catch up and then they're going to have the benefit of doing other things during the summer. And the mental benefit of that, even at nine and 14, of doing something different, being surrounded by different people. So our kids do not go out and shoot pucks because we tell them you have to shoot 100 pucks a day or Evie and Campbell. Here's some cones practice your, your dribbling or go out and practice your juggling because by the time soccer starts in May, I want you to be able to do 50 keepy-uppies or whatever it is. No. If they want to do it, they do it. And if they have questions for me and I can help them out with weight training or mobility or anything that I've gone through myself, great. I'm here for you. But it has to come from you.
1: 100%. Yeah. Well, most parents, they do it for themselves. The parents, they're living vicariously through their kids, for their failed youth. It's pathetic. See it so often, right? By the way, for kids, what what age should kids start doing doing a weight training routine? It's so difficult because obviously they're growing, developing. You don't want to put yeah. too much, you know, stress on on those joints. Is there an age when they should start?
2: When they should? No, I mean they can could start at you know ten or eleven. There's there's hmm. no. It used to be kind of that it was it was it was taboo or contraindicated that you you couldn't lift weights because it would interfere with your growth. It's right. not true make sure no
0: but you have to stretch like one of the things flexibility balance those all have to be it all has to be a program you can't just go oh go lift things and because you're not going to get that flexibility as you grow so it no. has to all work together
2: yeah know. like you said just a, a balanced approach which mm-hmm. is what we're I think really really missing like you know there are kids who are nine in and, and Adam hockey who are out with groin injuries <sighs> like, what what are we doing? Yeah. Because they're playing hockey five days a week.
1: Five days a week. Oh, it's insane. We have friends who kids are, are playing. They're at the rink five, six, seven days a week in some cases. Yeah. It's not healthy. Good nope. way to get divorced, I think. Yeah. So if
0: absolutely. anyone <laughs> – I'm just saying. You <laughs> yeah. know. Lots... Road games continue. Uh, I was going to ask Craig about this, though. What was the skill from judo, Craig, that you think transferred over to keeper, being a great keeper? Yeah. Was it
1: the judo chop? There was a fun.
0: chop. There's
1: no chop in Judo. Oh, no. That's the point. Judo chop. <laughs> it's Austin Powers. <laughs> Hence the joke. No, I-, I think
4: it was the physicality and uh, learning how to fall, learning how to, you know, that physical literacy, um, being able to grapple, uh, which was very common on corner kicks, lots of bodies in there, but trying to maneuver your way around that, being used to that contact. I think it was a massive help. And then all the other sports – play into the goalkeeper position you know whether it's basketball whether it's hockey whether it's lacrosse they that all these multi-sports really do play a part there's so many different elements in the in the position where you have to be a punter you have to be a place kicker you have to be a wide receiver you have to be a quarterback you have to be a cricket bowler you have to get all these different skills that you have to come into play and I think the multi-sport athletes suit the goalkeeper position more than not. When you look at guys like Friedel in the United States, same thing, multi-sports, Casey Keller, same thing, played in the Premier League. Uh, I think it suits it. That's why North American goalkeepers, I think they've developed more of them than anybody else. Because of the multi-sports.
1: Yeah, that's a great I wanted
2: to just add, Forrest, you talking about corner kicks made me think of, Sharm's, your original question about like a high-level skill that's underrated. And Jimmy went, you went really high end and kind of specific, Um, but I'll say heading. And in talking to Emma Humphreys yesterday on the broadcast, she was talking about kids being developed to play a short game and they're highly technical, but they don't head the ball anymore. And I mean, a part of it is, is we want to prevent concussions and head injuries, but there's a way to do it where you're still instructing it properly. And it's a really important skill, like to be able to cushion the ball, to be able to, to, um, direct a ball to the corner, a glancing header, a flick, um, power a header down. Like there's, there's so much nuance to a header and it's really important and I think an, a highly underrated skill even at the high level.
1: Mm-hmm. From a health standpoint, it was important, isn't it? I mean, you look at other sports, rugby, football, hockey, learning how to check, take a check, learning how to tackle properly as well. It's not just mm-hmm. trying to clear a guy out. No. It's learning how to take it and give it properly. And, you know, that's how you prevent injury, right? Do you honestly, guys, Craig, let me ask you this. Do you think, I mean, is heading in football ever going to be out of the game entirely as we learn more about the brain?
4: Uh, I don't believe so, but no. never say never, but I don't think that there'll be a case of that. But we're seeing it with youth players. i staying away from heading for a certain period of time before they hit a certain age. I'm not sure what that is right now. And I think that's a good idea. But it is it – is, uh, with Dubs on that is an underrated skill, especially when you look at balls whipped in with incredible pace on corners and you're trying to throw your head in amongst other players, goalkeepers coming with their fists raised up. It's a, it's a pretty brave position to put yourself in.
2: Yeah. Even Chloe Lacasse's goal. Did you see the one that she scored when there were 60 plus fans at the Emirates? It was a missed clearance and she's there. She's in like, she's opportunistic and she's in the right spot kind of on the edge of the six. And she just gets her head in the way, but she braces herself and steals herself for the impact so that she's able to get in the way of it, but direct it into the goal. So again, she has to have the wherewithal and and the skill to be able to do that. It's not just bouncing off of her.
1: Mm -hmm. Interesting conversation this, it really is. Because, like I said before, you know, one of the most sobering times of my life was seeing footage of myself running around a soccer field. <laughs> it looked nothing like I thought it looked. It would look. It's like who the fucks that donkey? Oh, I thought I was quick. I did. I thought I was pretty quick. Nope.
2: Have a bit Silly of a cry, in terms. Of that
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't so much even the fatness. It was just the the clunkiness of the run. You watch athletes glide, you guys glide across the field, right? Mm -hmm. I ain't gliding, I'm like a freaking, you know, 747 crash landing. Yeah, you got deep sea diving boots on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But it wasn't just me, it's like everyone out in the pits like, wow, look at this. You see the odd little athlete, you know, running around. Doesn't mean they're a good footballer, but they can move around the field, right? But the average person, you know, six foot, 185, not that big, but just looks so clunky running, you know, like a robot, like CP3O after rust treatment.
4: Fitness is also, <laughs> also underrated. Uh, I you think it's realize, usually, yes. You don't realize yeah.
1: how Great point.
4: fit those guys are yeah. to be able to run. And
2: gals. Hey,
1: guys can be both. Just being a now, dick now, nowadays, You've, you've <laughs> stolen the word guys from us as well. Come on.
2: And just being a dick. <laughs> Especially Forrest.
1: Yeah. He's but quite sensitive. You go out Why is now it being a dick? That's a sexist, isn't it? Being a dick, that's a sexist in itself. Mm. What can you be
0: stopping at that? Or not? If we can that call everyone anything, then you're not sexist at all. Yeah, it's right. True. You're not even thinking about it. Everyone's the same for you. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Um, Sorry, I was yeah. going to throw in. I know we wanted to talk about Concacaf Women's Gold Cup. I also want to talk about just right away the guy that I've been thinking about because mm. I saw reports of Belgrade was Richie Lorea. and I mm. wanted to ask how you navigate this in your brain a a position that he's Forrest he's Vancouver, he's now being linked to Belgrade at that professional level. how difficult is it to navigate the off field stuff for you three who went through it? I mean, I can't imagine having to worry about that. It must be difficult on Richie right now, Jimmy
3: No, I think it is It has to be unsettling, that's for sure you know you you get a you get a good move to a big club. You're at Forest. Then you end up going back on loan to the club that they bought you from. Then you end up going to another loan in Vancouver. I forgot that. Yeah. He doubled then, it up over yeah, here. And Then you're back to England thinking, okay, maybe I've got a shot here. And now you're getting linked with another club. You know, it's it's as a player, it's not what you want. You want stability. You want to find a home. You want to be somewhere where you're wanted. And I think where Richie right now is just kind of in that limbo, I think, a little bit. And it's not good. It's not healthy being in, in that type of situation.
1: How much mm-hmm. say do you have in a loan deal? Uh, obviously, you have to say on a transfer, you can say no, because you've got to negotiate your personal terms. But on yeah. a loan deal, can can you turn down a loan deal? Well,
3: yeah, yeah you can. Of course you can. But then if, the, if they want you out and they want you on loan, what are you, you're not going to stay. What are you going to mm-hmm. play reserve team football? So it's best to get out and at least play some first team football. And hopefully that puts you in a shop window and you can get a move somewhere. I don't think Red Star
4: Belgrade is a move that no. I would take if I was Richie, to be honest. I wouldn't. Not at all. No. That's
2: I think what Orion used to be, right? Yeah. Orion used to be at yeah. Red Star Belgrade?
1: It'd be an experience, that's for sure. I think in Rich's case, you just wait it out until the summer comes around, and then you can get a move back to MLS with, with luck. It's a complicated contract situation with him at the moment. Be it yeah. loan or otherwise, right? 'Cause First listen, grade. Richie Lara would would there'd be a number of clubs in MLS lining up to sign Richie Larea. He's proven he can be a top player oh, yeah. in North America. Oh yeah. I at wonder cost, though. At what
4: cost. Otherwise, they'd all be interested in Richie Lara. Yeah. It's true.
2: Because in, in terms of the his his mentality and and Wonger, you're talking about that chip on your shoulder kind of mentality that that you that you need that sort of pushes you, uh, spurs you on. Um it, I know that there are players who make careers on on as lone players or moving around, right? But it must eat away at your confidence. You know, where you feel like, I want to have that stability, as you were saying, Jimmy, which I think is so important, but you can't get it and you don't feel wanted by any club. Do you just have to? I guess you just have to not think of it that way. You you sort of reframe um your your career and what is it
1: you missed that dubs i did forrest i was
2: looking at jimmy
1: forrest standing Sorry. up and you didn't see forrest just stand up in his boxers
2: no i wasn't even looking at him i was looking at you and jc when i was talking
1: maybe it's what a good thing hanging out?
2: now i don't have to you reframe for myself
1: he fills him out very well <laughs> oh, you saying. God.
2: No, it it was I was just saying it, it must be um it must be difficult sort of the the yeah must have to have an incredible well, chip amount gets of small, mental eh? hey, fortitude hey, in order yeah, to it, it, that. It,
3: for the chip for, gets for, so small. Yeah. Dubs you're, you're right. I mean they would eat at you. 100% it would. And the other thing what you got to think about is is your family. You know Richie yeah. which is Mary's got a kid and he's picking up and going here picking up again, moving again and then linked with somewhere else. And it, it'd be hard it'd be hard on his, uh, on his wife and his, his kids.
1: That's for sure. That, that's one thing that's underrated, I think, when you're talking about professional athletes, especially in football and, and how many – the movement there is yeah. for f- professionals in clubs, how, how difficult it is to just you know grab your family and move them to a brand-new country, let alone a brand-new city on a regular basis. That's not easy. That, I mean, I've got no problem with footballers and sportsmen and women making lots of money. No problem at all because – as much as it's like a great, it's a privilege in many, many ways. It's also a grind, man. It's tough personally, really tough. Yeah. And anyone that just you know just judges and says, "Well, look how much money they make," they, they, they're different. It doesn't make a difference when you're telling your your wife, <laughs> "You, Jesus, thanks, Craig. <laughs> <And we're, laughs> lunch kit right in the camera there. Um, but we tell telling the wife, you know, <laughs> or, guess what? We're moving house again. We're going to a brand new league. I mean, that's that's not easy. It's well, yeah. something to wake up to, though, eh? Isn't it a good chat? A
0: good a good footy chat and Craig and his boxers. <laughs> I love this job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Dubs presumably you got a lot to the W World Cup broadcast yesterday. Did you get to no, me
2: officials definitely...
1: injury? Oh no, okay. No. You think it's a me official broke just after you recorded, right?
2: Or like I just I, I had a bunch of stuff, so I hadn't seen it.
1: Right, right, yeah. So she suffers a torn ACL. So she's out of uh, the U.S. team for W Gold Cup. Uh, Alex Morgan recalled.
2: Mm -hmm. She's 34
1: now. I can't believe she's 34. How can Alex Morgan be 34?
2: I know. It's mental. And she scored uh, a spot kick, scored a penalty yesterday, and that was her first goal in 363 days or something. Remember how poor she was during the World Cup? She could not score if her life depended on it. Yeah. Um, Mm. So that's that's good. That's good for her. But yeah, uh, me official another ACL injury in a women's game, and and uh, and that's Chelsea again, like hampered by injuries, especially in the front line, and uh, and that's the U.S. women's national team also suffering that loss.
1: You saw Emma Hayes talking about it, right? Talking about how we have to start looking at just the schedule, and all these injuries are happening like within ten days of some of a. I forget what she was saying. Like a
2: window and a return. Yeah. Yeah. Do
1: you know what? There's a, a new
3: product that's out right now that's coming out and it's a cleat and it's called Cadex cleats, right? And it's supposed to help with your knees and prevent ACLs and MCLs because apparently the cleat on the bottom, it, it's not solid and where, where you stick into the ground, it moves and it rotates. So as your body's moving, the cleat moves with you. Mm. So it's uh, i new, I saw it the other day on uh, on Instagram. I was reading into it and I was like, ooh, this could be a, a game changer. And is, is it specifically
2: for women's footballers or is it just I
3: think in footballers in general? Men so that,
2: yeah. That's interesting. That's a that's a really good first step because a lot of the injuries that take place, especially for ACL, are those non-contact ones where the cleat does get stuck in the turf, whether it's artificial or or grass, and uh, and that's when it happens but a, a, a bigger issue is that women are wearing cleats that are designed for men, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a fairly big claim to make, though, that our cleats will prevent ACL and MCL injuries. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's cool. So, Jimmy, can you spell it out for us? It's CADDIX, C-A-D-D-I-X, cleats. So okay. it's new, they're... And they're building the the entire boot or is it just the the cleat base that just just the cleat base. Okay. That's interesting. So perhaps would a would a Nike or Adidas or a bigger brand look into this, I wonder. Implement it on their boots. Possibly. Interesting. But it shows that there's there's an acknowledgement that is a massive problem. And people are looking at solutions. Which like you said it's the first step like that you said there, Dubs. It's something. Mm
2: -hmm. Because I think I remember seeing something at the Women's World Cup where it was one of these big Brands, whether it was Nike or Adidas, had a women's specific boot, but then a lot of the the women who had deals with these brands were still going with the men's boot, and that goes back to footballers and athletes: is you like what you like because it's brought you success, and you might have superstitions built in there or whatever it is. And remember, Jimmy was showing us all of his boots like Mm -hmm. a couple months ago, and he's like, "But I kept going back to these ones. I was the same. Like I had a kit deal with with Puma." but I, I preferred Adidas. So like I found something that I liked eventually, but then once that deal was done, I went back to my favorite Adidas boots. So yeah, it, it, you have to convince the athletes, I think to, to give it a try. And maybe that's the step, charms is that you take that technology in, in the cleats, sort of in the sole of the boot, and then you put that onto like the existing shoe or the, the boot itself. And then maybe that's kind of the, the union that you need in order to change minds.
1: Was your Puma and an Adidas kit uh, deal? Were they the same seven-figure deals, or different <laughs> than the other?
2: Massive, mm-hmm. massive deals.
1: <laughs> okay, listen. Um, let's uh, call it a day, shall we? I want to get to. And we'll do this on Friday. The <clears throat> Martin Clattenberg joining Nottingham Forest as a referee analyst position. Mm. And uh, oh, I'm being told to look at the. Uh, the uh, where are we here? We're introducing
0: uh, before you go to the promo. Sorry, Sharm's. We're introducing something on our Twitter account. It's the Footy Prime Community Pick of the Week, brought to you by Tony Bet. This week, it'll be Arsenal versus Newcastle. You let us know what team to bet on. You'll get a win, lose, win, draw, or win from each of the teams, and we're gonna we're gonna bet on it, and then give the winnings to charity. So at the end of this, it'll be so the the tagline I came up with was "You vote, we bet, charity wins." We're gonna have to figure that charity out. Um, but was this discussed in the dark web? Because
1: I have the recollection of this conversation. Yeah, you said, "Oh, cool."
2: You put you it, on read it. <laughs> yeah. it on Yeah, yeah, and
1: Slack. I put it in Slack
0: last night. And
1: I oh, also, did you? Oh, okay. yeah. No, it's
0: great idea. Can you can you please explain it to me again? Because I okay. So uh, you know how we do footy picks? We'll announce no. the the we do what the results on footy picks okay uh but as we do footy picks it's our bet it's the footy prime supporters club bet but we want to give the anyone who's not attached to us or footy prime supporters an opportunity to bet with this and raise money for charity so we're going to put up on Wednesday night uh or sorry yeah Wednesday night a link and a poll to give okay. people a chance to vote we'll vote we'll put our our 5 bucks on the line and then we'll build this uh opportunity up that we can raise
1: money for charity and this will be through our socials this will be our socials only yeah the footy prime twitter feed basically and we'll put a poll up footy
0: prime twitter follow it footy underscore prime
1: okay charity's gonna love that
3: 85 bucks we make well
1: no actually they owe us we'll match it we'll match (laughs) it sorry (laughs) sharms They'll, they'll owe us in the end the charity. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Scleroderma Canada, or whatever. Yeah. Um, you you yeah. owe us $75. That's
2: right. Blood, blood terrible services. Initiative.
1: You have to give us more money, some blood back, please.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we need to siphon blood. Yeah. We need it for
3: the website.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's the 20 bet, though, so thank you for that. Um, Champs League today, of course, uh, Arsenal in action, and um, on Fubo TV as in Prem action to Liverpool. Playing today against Luton in the uh, the Dubs Derby, Rob Edwards against uh, Liverpool. So that That's should be exciting. a good one. Make sure you watch that and subscribe, uh, and make sure you you like Thank us you. and you subscribe to us on all the, our various platforms and uh, leave reviews. Occasionally, we'll read them out, even the bad ones. And like we said, we are footyprime.com. Our new website. Uh, like I said, we'll be uh, adding to it in the coming days. Uh, but yeah, jump on there. Have a look around. Um, there should be some fun content coming up very, very soon. The blog Speaking the way, of fun them.
0: content, James. Yeah. Oh, we've got something else. You'll be able to find things, our our favorite segment on Footy Prime.
1: One of the best bits of fun you'll ever have in a night. Trust me. Just do it. Just look for lucky like it. Brilliant. Brilliant fun. Love lucky like It. looky like it's over fun. there. Left. No, but the little the little kind of subliminal ones are the best. Oh, the best looky likey I've ever. Had. Just look for lucky like it. <laughs> oh that's a great one
3: so what we're looking at everyone is a is a young taut beautifully maned gregory forest back in ipswich next to a fairly out of shape and uh but lumbering
2: man's ear requiring
3: <laughs> <laughs> will Farrell
0: <laughs> on the pitch at uh, where is that? Is that Chelsea? it's
2: a charity game? Yeah, maybe it's Stamford oh, right. Bridge.
4: Both Umbro sure. jerseys.
2: Ooh, yeah, that's right. That's but look great, at though. very similar, similar locks. Yeah, right. Just kind of like dashing, Craig Forest. Similar yeah. heights, really? also same thumbs. That's hmm. right.
1: They are kind of odd, aren't they? That's
2: true. Did you guys right. do weird shit with your hands? Like when you were trapping the ball or controlling the ball or juggling yeah. Jimmy and, and Forrest.
3: I used to, mine would be tucked in.
2: Yeah. I used to turn my right hand, like my palm would go forward nice. like that. It's very strange. One of these neural connections when you're trying to focus on something.
1: Mm-hmm. Who do you find funnier, Craig Forrest or Will Ferrell? I find Craig funnier. Yeah. I Craig. agree.
2: Yeah. And I'm a big fan of Will Ferrell.
1: Mm-hmm. The Forrest one. Bigger fan of Craig Forrest though. That is Aww. for sure. Yeah. Uh, that was great. Uh, that's the kind of thing we'll cut out and put on the new website. We are com. Love oh, it. Thanks. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that. We're back uh, on Friday. But don't forget, actually, no, we're back today again and again and again with our MLS podcasts. Uh, three cues, three questions for CSC and for Vancouver and for Montreal. Um, and we have a MLS box-to-box podcast dropping today as well. They're shorter podcasts. MLS um, has but- dropped already it's ready to go the rest shall be coming momentarily throughout the day by day's end we should
3: have them all up and ready to rock so uh, get some popcorn or some meth
1: because it's going to be a big one <laughs> <laughs> on that note this has been 30 Prime Till so next time cheers for this. This episode of Footy Prime has been brought to you by Fubo TV and by Tony Bat. Make sure to subscribe to Footy Prime wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at Footy underscore Prime and on Instagram at Footy Prime IG. Car group. Well done, everyone. That was even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.